Well, we start today's show off with kind of a sad note. One of the real radio pioneers has unexpectedly died. Odyssey's painful layoffs continue and continue, Keith. And for a change, Amazon discovers they can't do it alone. And, hey, who's back? Who else but Ed Stoltz and his bankrupt stations? They're back again and again and again. So these are the things we're going to talk about this morning on this episode of Media Insultant. We want to welcome you, our opinions and comments, and we're primarily targeted at radio and TV salespeople and management, both people in and out of the business. So I'm Jackson Weaver in the Pacific Northwest. My co-host, Keith Samuels, is in Los Angeles. We do this each Tuesday. We do this on Friday, too. So today, though, we're going to welcome you to the Tuesday episode, August 23rd, of Media Insultant. Well, we had to throw away a very carefully crafted agenda for our show today because yeah. just as we go to press or tape or uh, airtime or podcast breaking, or whatever it is, breaking whatever news. it is we do. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Good. I like that. Very dynamic. We learned that one of our favorite radio guys, mm. Mr. Ed Christian, who is the founder and CEO of Saga Communications, has died. And very unexpectedly, I would say. Nobody had said he was sick or anything. Not that they would necessarily publicize that, but the press release briefly this morning said he had died of a, a very short illness, which could mean just about anything. Yeah. Uh, Ed was always a very quiet guy, even though he led one of the most successful small, medium-sized radio groups in the country. They have 24 markets, 100-plus stations, yeah, good yeah. local solid radio stations, and markets like Asheville, North Carolina, Yankton, South Dakota. They did It's amazing the amount of business they did out of Yankton, South Dakota, because of its agricultural base. And he started the company in 86, took it public, and uh, very respected by people in the business. Uh, so I really don't want to dally too much on this, but he really was a, uh, a great radio guy, and he will be missed. And his leadership at Saga is going to create a hole for them. It really will. That's, that's a tough role when you're the founder and the CEO. Well, particularly when you're a, a, you know, a really involved, you know, hands-on CEO like Ed was. But also what's interesting about Ed is that he has one of the strongest stock prices in all of radio. I mean, Saga's stock is, is really held up really nicely as opposed to, say, Odyssey. Almost anybody like 65 else. 65 cents. Yeah, almost anybody <laughs> else. But what's interesting about it is, that, and, and you made this comment uh, in our prep, is that, you know, he didn't dally... He didn't have a dalliance with digital or events or, you know, all this other so social media, all this other stuff that everybody can't do enough of. He just stuck to his knitting, as they say, and it was it was radio and it was local radio and community radio. And they've, they've succeeded at that. What a concept, you know. Yep. So good, good for Ed. God bless Ed. Sympathy to his family and to his friends and those those on his uh, management team and company that I'm sure are mourning the loss today. But, uh, yeah, we have to recognize that we've lost a, a very strong leader in the radio sector anyway. Agreed. Agreed. You know, uh, an, another personality in the business who uh, may not be quite as revered as Mr. <laughs> Christian was, and I'm not sure he'll ever go away, ever, is Ed Stoltz and the melodrama around his station. So, 
Just as a quick recap, Keith Stoltz's company is called Royce International Broadcasting, and essentially he bankrupted his three stations. He had stations in Las Vegas, San Francisco, uh, and Palm Springs. Right. And right. some 18 months ago, the court ordered those uh, stations sold and to be run by Larry Patrick until they were sold for the benefit of the creditors. Okay. Right. So in the interview, so the the court, the court appointed Larry Patrick to run the company, take it over from Ed, run the company, find a buyer, pay off the creditors, and I think in the end Ed would get whatever's left over. Right. And and that's exactly what Larry Patrick did. Right. He did. He found a buyer for the stations, and Ed, in the intervening eighteen months, has fought one battle after another, in court to keep his stations. He's he's the classic example of throwing lawyers and blocking actions in court against one move after another. And many of them we've talked about here on Media Insultant. I mean, you know, because it's been such an ongoing drama. You know, it makes The Edge of Night just look like a, a documentary. So last May, Patrick finally went to a federal court and he asked it to convert the bankruptcy from a reorganization to Chapter 11 to a Chapter 7, which is a full liquidation. Mm-hmm. And Stoltz had submitted a plan for reorganization that Patrick called both ridiculous and unrealistic. And it really was. We'd agree. It was unbelievably stupid. He said, for example, he had five or six inquiries to buy his Alameda, San Francisco Bay Area, radio station for in excess of $10 million. Well, if that's the case, let them make an offer, pay the $10 million, pay off his creditors, and everybody would be done. So... He has a history of just outright lying time and time again to the court and to the FCC. We have absolutely no reason to believe him. He says that my, one of my favorites, too, is he says he can't get all of his stations back on the air, Keith. Oh, you, need, you mean his stations aren't on the air? They aren't, Keith. He's oh. unable to because, now wait for it. You're not going to believe this. He hasn't paid his power bill at Pacific Gas and Electric. They'd kind of like him to pay the power bill before he puts the station back on, before they plug him back in. Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, he claims he's waiting for computers to put the stations back on. And as you and I were talking about, you know, I could have him on the air in 24 hours with a laptop. I mean, that's yeah, just... Yeah, you go down to Best Buy and get a laptop. What are you waiting for computers, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just, you can run it off your iPad. Run it off your phone, practically. Well, not quite, but pretty close, pretty close. And furthermore, he wants to wipe out a batch of debt that, like Larry Patrick's $1.2 million that it's cost Larry to run the stations for the past 18 months. You wouldn't write this in any television legal drama because it would be too absurd. No client could possibly be that stupid and that absurd. But here we are. What, what happened with, with the federal court when he, when he went to court or when uh, Larry Patrick went to court to convert it? What did the judge say? Okay. All right. Fine. So he goes to a bankruptcy judge, federal bankruptcy judge in Las Vegas, and um, uh, August Landis, and he somehow convinces Landis. I mean, where is the common sense with this judge? All he has to look at is Larry Patrick, who's one, who is probably the top media broker in radio and television in America, real strong financial guy. He knows how to run these radio stations. He knows how to find a buyer. And he's got on the other side of the case... A guy who's been stiffing creditors for decades, isn't paying bills, has radio stations not on the air, has not paid his lawyers, he's a serial litigant, the Bank of America sued him for being a serial litigant, and won. I mean, the guy is just, 
He's a he's a you know he's just corrupt operator of these stations. And the FCC, of course, won't touch it. The FCC, who controls his licenses, won't touch it until the bankruptcy is completed. It's insanity. It's like it's the, it's the definition of insanity. It's driving everybody crazy. I can't believe that that Larry Patrick has the restraint not to sue Ed Stoltz into oblivion. But but because he knows Ed will never pay. You know. But just to let just to make Ed go away, just get out of the business and go away. But he's not. And it's just it just it's amazing that 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 a judge couldn't realize what the hell was going on. I don't get it. Patrick's legit. Ed Stoltz is a joke. This needs to end someday with somebody taking control of these stations and paying off the creditors and moving on. Yeah, but I think I think the, what the judge may be afraid of, and I, I don't really know the intricacies of this, but it may be that the judge is afraid of, of losing on appeal. They always hate to lose on appeal. And, you know, you brought up a great point on the FCC. The FCC is so passive-aggressive on something yeah. like this. If you file your EEO compliance report a day late, the FCC sends you a nasty letter they put you on essentially probation. You could lose your license. Nobody ever has, but they threaten to take away your license yep. if you don't do it properly and have a proper way of, of following through on it for the next year. You have to be in compliance for the next year before they will relieve you of this onerous burden. But this guy, Ed Stoltz, comes along, lies to everybody, turns stations off, turns them back on, does whatever he wants, violates all the terms of his FCC agreement. Doesn't pay anybody, doesn't and, pay. you know. Although the FCC considers that a civil matter, so. But oh, he doesn't pay course. anything. So yeah. as a result, the FCC has been very passive aggressive, and I think they need to go to uh, a shrink and get some nuts, <laughs> get some balls. And, 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 okay, all right. And well, but, but, but Jackson, you know this better than I. You can't have a, a station go dark and just sit there, right? I mean, doesn't the FCC come in and go, uh, you know, were you going to notify this? Are you going to come back on the air? What, what's going on? Well, what what to, happens? Yeah, you're right. You, you have to notify. They do issue what they call an STA. And they have up to, a, a broadcaster is up to a year to put the station back on the air. But what sometimes they'll do is they'll put the station, they'll get an STA. They'll put the station on the air literally for an hour and then file another STA and have another year. Now, I don't know whether Stoltz has filed any STAs on these stations. They've been on and off so often, and it's probably a flurry of paperwork at the FCC in his file anyway. So, yeah. But I think there's one final takeaway that I'd have, and that is has nothing to do with radio, but it's basically don't uh, get in bed with snakes. And, you know, the, the, this guy is just he has, been, he has been a sleazeball from day one, and I feel bad for Larry Patrick because – I think Patrick intended just to get this move taken care of, get it sold to another broadcaster, and move on. And he spent 18 months and still hasn't been paid. So yeah, yeah. my hat's off to him. Okay, anyway, next story up, we got to talk about Amazon. They have the potential, Keith, as you and I have talked, to really upset NFL TV sports business with their acquisition of the Thursday night's games, right? The football games. But there's a snag. There was a little snag in this first season. You want to talk about that? What happened? Yeah, not not so fast, Skippy. Well, here's what happened. I mean, Amazon, uh, the, the contract was up for Thursday Night Football, and it had been with Fox, and Amazon won the bidding rights to carry 15 Thursday Night Football games. And I'm not sure how long the contract is, um, but they paid $1.2 billion a year to carry 15 games. Do your math, $80 million a game. Okay, 
And so the Amazon guys are thinking, no problemo. We're Amazon Prime. We're going to run these on Prime. They hired, what's his face? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, anyway, they hired a new announcing team. Kirk Herbstreet uh, is going to do the color commentary. And our buddy Al Michaels is going to do the play-by-play. And they made a big stink about it. And last week, three weeks before the kickoff of Thursday Night Football, they announced that they'd signed a deal with Nielsen to get the broadcasts rated. So the broad, so their deal is that Nielsen is going to do ratings for the first time of a streaming service for those Thursday night football games throughout the 2000, for the next three years. So this season, next season, and the year after that. And so what was interesting to me was like, oh, so finally, just on the eve of the season, we're in the preseason, right? And finally... They do a deal with Nielsen. I'm thinking, oh, they couldn't sell it without ratings. And so, sure enough, in the press release, Shrishti Gupta at Amazon said, our collaboration with Nielsen will allow us to provide advertisers with familiar campaign measurements to make apples-to-apples comparisons. In other words, we can't sell this stuff unless there's a rating we can give the ad agencies. Nielsen responds, it demonstrates, quote, the importance of our ratings in the media ecosystem. And that's what Deidre Thomas says. So, yeah, what they found out is that they probably got some commitments that we'll buy. But you know what they're dealing with is that they're not dealing with going to their digital pals and selling digital impressions to big advertising agencies in automotive, insurance, you know, the Geico's and the Progressive's and the Hyundai's and the Kia's and the, you know, and, and uh, you know, all those guys and the movie th- movies that, you know, the, uh, the, inter- the studios and so forth without a rating. So they, they're thinking, oh, yeah, we can do this with like, you know, we can get this done with digital budgets. No, they can't. OK, they need linear television sports dollars. And in order to do that, they needed linear television ratings because in television as you know Jackson you it's you project a rating for every show that you're selling unlike radio where it's all past it's all you know we're not going to guarantee or 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 project a rating for our morning show going forward you're just buying off our history the last book the last month the last 6 months whatever it might be but in television you've got to go in and say our NFL our Thursday night game is going to get a 5 right so therefore, the price is going to be 250 grand a spot for a 30, whatever they say, right? But here's, what, here's the other thing that happens. Here's the nasty little secret that our little digital pals at Amazon ads, and there are thousands of those sellers out there, they're finding out that they have to sell linear, linear ratings, but they also get this. Welcome to the world of linear make goods. Because if the game doesn't perform, if the game doesn't do a five, they can't optimize the buy like they do in digital and keep running all this stuff, you know, running all these digital ads forever to get the impressions they promised. They can't do that in selling this news, this, uh, this, this sports package. They have to promise a rating and deliver. And if they don't, they've got to run make goods. And guess yeah, they, what? Yeah. They have to run make goods in the games because none of their other content has a rating. Right. It's only the games. So welcome to linear TV sales, you guys. You thought you could do this on your own, make $80 million a game? You get, nope, because you've got to go to those big media buyers at Horizon and Initiative and, and U.S. International. And 
you got to go after traditional TV dollars and you got to play their game with TV ratings. And I love it that they have to admit this. <laughs> it's great. Well, I, I, have, I have a little different uh, take on it. I, I mean, I, I certainly take a little, uh, a little joy out of it, too. But I think at the end of the day, this is chump change for Amazon. I think this is their way under the tent. And I think what Bezos is looking at is he says, look, for three years, we do Nielsen numbers. Great. And after three years, we'll have so much of our own data. We won't need Nielsen. And we can go to the buyers and say, why would you care about a household rating when we can tell you not only a household rating, but their income, their age distribution, what they bought last week, what they're going to buy next week. And we can target the ads specifically to those people who are in the market for a specific product. They're going to blend all that data together, and they're going to be a much stronger sell than any of the traditional networks. Well, that's my thought. Well, you know, and I think that's obviously their agenda. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're still going to have this NFL package on CBS, this NFL package on NBC on Sunday Night Football, and this on Fox, and this here. And to compete for those dollars, to get your share of those dollars, is going to take a linear rating. So I think they're going to get taught a lesson here. That, And this is an interesting foreshadowing for other streaming services getting sports that you know, this isn't the first one that that Nielsen's going to do. They're going to do they're going to do a lot of them, and we'll see what happens. But you know, the fact of the matter is, is that it's a different ball game than their tradition than the traditional digital sell. This is this is not what that is, and so I, I think it'll be interesting to say. Now, well, even with that data, it's like I still need a rating point. Okay, so you know, what are you going to do? What are you What are you going to what, What's it, now? Here's what Here's what Amazon's already done. Okay, if you're paying attention, last year. Fox had 16.4 million viewers, average, 16.4 million viewers every Thursday night game, okay? That was a 20% increase over 2021. This season, Amazon is projecting 12.6 million viewers per game, or a 23% decrease in audience from what they were on, on broadcast television. So... You know, how do you, how do you, A, go in and say, hey, it's going to be on us. Okay, so what are you going to get? Well, we're going to get 4 million less viewers per game than you did last year on Fox. And they're going, what? Okay, well, guess what? I'm not going to pay you what I paid Fox for 16.4 million. I'm going to pay you 23% less than what I paid for Fox. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's, it's going to be interesting. That it, it's all R&D money for them. It, they're just, they're getting their, their nose under the tent. And Amazon has proven they're perfectly comfortable with doing that, whether it's shooting yep. guys into space or whether it's <laughs> offering prime, you know, prime packages for 130 bucks that include all those movies and free shipping. It's the nose under the tent. And I okay. would be very nervous if I was a linear network. I think they're going to have problems. All right. Odyssey is continuing the death spiral. Another 5% of their workforce uh, has left the building. And our sympathies locally, a friend of mine, John Fisher, who was morning guy for Odyssey at uh, the Mountain and the Sound here in Seattle for, oh boy, 25 years, wow. uh, was one of those let go. And we all probably know at least a couple of people who were let go. To me, and I, and I understand layoffs, and everybody has to have them, and they occur from time to time. We all have to deal with it. The fact is, is that Odyssey is under enormous pressure from Wall Street to cut expenses, to bring their cash flow into line. And... Frankly, people are the fastest way to do it, right? 
You can you can cut oh no people? no question yeah just just to start offing people and five percent you know is, is 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 I think the tip of the iceberg you know yeah. uh, Del Caviano is predicting you know much harsher layoffs uh, this fall you know it, it, it's yes it's the la- it's the first resort and the last resort it's just you know uh, it's cut expenses and the biggest expense that any broadcast company has are is their people and and we're seeing a lot of long-term meaning higher paid on-air talent particularly you're going to see lots of talent have to voice track other markets that's been going on for years um and sadly it's going to happen there you know i I heard from one of our listeners last week when these uh rifts started and uh, there were a couple from knx here locally a traffic anchor and a long long time production guy gone you know, and if you're a long-time employee in, in radio, you're making too much money, okay? Yeah, yeah. And then there was a morning news anchor from WWJ, uh, I think that was in Detroit, uh, been there 30 years, okay? Been in that role for a long time, got laid off on Tuesday, and then found out on Thursday that her husband has cancer. So that's one of those, you know, really hits home, you know, yeah, you, oh yeah, let's, 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 let's off... Uh, you know this person, and uh, you know let her let her work it out on Cobra, because it's her fault that Odyssey's stock is sixty six cents a share. You know it's just it's so ridiculous. And by the way, you're not seeing any senior land management laid off, and you're seeing them walk away from from the Bears in Chicago. We talked about that last week. Dub Bears, you know they're not doing it because you know what they can't afford to. Well, really I, you know my our takeaway on this is frankly not much. You know, at the end of the day, Odyssey is heading to bankruptcy. They need to be as lean as possible. And it's it's like an old North Carolina lawyer buddy of mine used to say, it's hard to remember you're in the swamp to drain it when you're up to your ass in alligators. And, <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and that's that's how Odyssey feels. I, I'm somewhat sympathetic with David and the team, you know, from that standpoint. They're, they're out of control at this point. They don't have much control. The banks are... The financial side of this is, is going to drive everything. I don't know that their stock is at 66%, 66 cents this morning. It, it may be even lower. So, Yeah, well, you know, here's the, here's the problem when you can't generate revenue for some reason um, or, or enough revenue. So what do you do? You fire the people who generate the revenue. Yeah, there so you go. there you go. All right, well, with that pet-friendly advice about alligators, we got to run, Keith. <laughs> we'll be back on Friday to look at uh, stations that from time to time it can happen to any market where you get a political windfall. And man, what a yeah. lucky thing that can be for, for an occasional market. Not a typical market, political market, but an unusual political market. Media Insultant drops new shows each Tuesday and Friday. We're on all the podcasting platforms. The videos are always available at Media Insultant Showcase on Vimeo. Or you can click on the VR code uh, that is uh, in, the, in the corner on our video because you click that's on the, that. That's the QR code, not the VR code. The QR code. Thank you. QR code. Yeah. I got excited. And we'll talk you know, more about QR codes on Friday, you know, because they're our new thing. We are all about QR. Our Q, Q, QR codes. Media <laughs> Insultant is a production of InTown Media, an interim broadcast management company. And uh, comments are always welcome at jackson at intownmedia.com. And we'll be back on Friday, Keith. I will see you then. Have a great week, Jackson. Take care, buddy. <laughs>